Welcome to Survivability Podcasts. Survivability Podcasts will give you unique and unprecedented angles on geopolitics, geopolitical cyberattacks, especially geopoly cyberattacks, human dignity, and fair play events impacting ordinary people's lives and livelihood. You won't hear from mainstream media or those who repeat their narratives like parrots. Theme Silent Undeclared WW3 will be a key feature. Survivability Podcasts is hosted by two-time international best-selling author Khalid Fatal and by MLI Group, Survivability News, Survivability Wealth Management, Survivability Recruitment, Survivability Masterclass, and Survivability News Publishing. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all wherever you may be on this planet. My name is Khalid Fatal, and this is Survivability Podcasts. Today's episode is titled Why a Single Internet Activity Can Threaten the Survivability of Your Business and Direction of an Entire Nation. And before I tell you what triggers this title and why I'm going to be addressing this on this podcast, uh, please visit Survivability News, read the latest stories pertaining to and how pharmaceutical giant Eli Lilly lost $15 billion last Friday as a result of one single tweet and ask yourself, why mainstream media just report on the news story and barely go one inch deep in finding what truly happened and not just uh, the Elon Musk new policy on Twitter without looking at the true root cause of why we are where we are that would allow such devastation to take place and that can risk the corporate survivability of businesses and put the sovereignty of nation-states at greater risk, forcing these nation-states to adopt a different political or economic uh, direction contrary to that of their own interest and the interest of their citizens. This must serve as an alarm bell to citizens all over the world, but above all, decision-makers, leaders of industry, business leaders and national leaders alike. And you will see how all of this is tied up in this episode. So let me dig straight in. So a quick question here. What does the event of Eli Lilly losing $15 billion from its market value and the Qatar crisis of 2017 have in common? This is not a trick question, but it is setting the stage as to why a single event can have catastrophic repercussions on businesses and nation states alike. Also, how is the Eli Lilly event last Friday a condemnation of the greed caused by light touch regulated capitalism? in the 20th and 21st century. And if you wish to disagree with me on this, please be be my guest, but wait until you hear my argument by the end of this episode. And for those of you who really want to know more about the Qatar crisis, 
I was actually a guest of Task Force 7, a major cybersecurity program on Voice America Radio back in 2017. And the single topic for about an hour or so was the Qatar crisis. And in fact, um, the previous two guests the week before me or two weeks before me one of them was none other than former Secretary of Homeland Security Michael Chertoff and the other one prior to Michael being uh, the guest of that show was Richard Clark, the cybersecurity czar at the White House for three successive U.S. presidents. And then I was the guest uh, of Task Force 7 for the, uh, to discuss the Qatar crisis. So let me give you some background stories. So in addition to Eli Lilly losing the 15 billion on Friday because of a single tweet that took place by, because someone impersonated uh, Eli Lilly Twitter account and posted that insulin will now be free, I'm paraphrasing, and as a result, the market reacted in a way that caused Eli Lilly to lose $15 billion that day from its market share, market value. Now I've put this in, 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 in perspective, let me take you to 2017 as to what happened with the Qatar crisis. Many of you may not re recall or may not know that a major problem erupted between Saudi Arabia and Qatar back in 2017 and it it started with the information ministry of Qatar being hacked and the hackers posted words attributed to the emir of Qatar to indicate that he is a supporter of certain terrorist uh, uh, organizations that in itself we label as purposed disinformation the hackers did so as part of a plan that would instigate mass social media outrage at Qatar and the Emir's position, and which happened within hours. And within less than a day or two, Saudi Arabia, UAE, and Egypt became one party demanding a, a, an action from Qatar and putting conditions on them so that they can be back in the good graces of the Gulf nations of brothers uh, in the Middle East. The, the demands were so unacceptable to the Emir, it led to an embargo by the Arab states on Qatar that led to a major, major economic challenge to Qatar. He's put it in perspective. Let me give you an example. And that's the difference between when a nation state does have money to do something about it and others that don't. And Qatar was privileged. Here's what Qatar had to do. All of a sudden now, milk is no longer available in the supermarkets. Meat. Normal basic goods on the shelves of your supermarket no longer exist overnight because 90% of products like this were coming through from Saudi Arabia. Flights between the two brotherly nations 
Saudi Arabia and Qatar were overnight stopped. No travel. In actual fact, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia and, and UAE put restrictions on their nationals uh, and preventing them from traveling, traveling to, to Qatar. So imagine the devastation this had. So for example, Qatar had to go and buy entire uh, uh, herds of cows from Texas and ship them all the way to Qatar back then to try and create and, and produce to produce milk and meat locally because all of a sudden now supply was at zero. Imagine the devastation. Now, Qatar is in a unique place that it had the resources to do something like this. But the key point here is a single act, a hacking of a of a ministry in a national in a government attributing words to the to the ruler that created the domino effect which became a story by itself and by the way if you go to survivability news and you search the qatar crisis you might see a trailer that we did which was back then under the era of the unprecedented uh, era of the unprecedented investigative program and it shows you how geopolitical warfare was taking place altering the direction of nations to make them subject to the desire and the will of other nations and here's something to think of while in Qatar's case it was a news agency of the government and its website being hacked uh, whereas with the with the with the uh, Eli Lilly, it was a fake Twitter account pretending to be that of the pharmaceutical giant. Both of those served as disinformation, and better still, purposed disinformation. And why purposed? Because in the case of Eli Lilly, the imposters posting that uh, insulin is free is most likely in a way, their way of retaliating at the pharmaceutical giant who has been breaking laws for decades and has, as a, 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 in, for example, in 2009, settled an out-of-court case and paid a fine of $1.4 billion for another mishandling of some of its pharmaceutical um, uh, uh, products. So what does this all tell us? Purposed disinformation or even accidental disinformation can have a devastating impact on the survivability of businesses and the, uh, uh, the sovereignty and the security of nation states if they are not mitigated. Furthermore, in my recently published book, Survivability, and in chapter five, I talk about the Qatar crisis, and I'm gonna read you a quote from the book to validate the domino effect this can cause. And I quote, before the information ministry had a chance to discover the hack and take corrective actions, social media went through a viral domino effect within hours of the attack, end of quote. I also write something else in, the, in that chapter, quote, Nevertheless, I want you to keep in mind that a single internet posting managed to change the direction of a country, a union, 
and the status of a long-standing alliance. In my book, I was referring to, the, to Qatar and its brotherly relationship with Saudi Arabia and the UAE for, for, for centuries, all devastated by a single hack or internet event, and no different from the Eli Lilly having somebody impersonate their Twitter account and posting what they posted and, and causing them to lose $15 billion on the market cap. It is possible that Eli Lilly is so huge that it can absorb this loss. Imagine if you are an average size company, not a mega giant. Would you be able to survive such devastation? Probably not. If you are a small country or an average country or a medium-sized company that does not have the resources of Qatar and you get compromised the way you have, and by the way, many have since, are you able to survive that? And who ends up paying the price? But now, something to close this episode on the following note. Think about what prompted the impersonators to post that tweet in the first place. Could it be that they have seen repeatedly law enforcement and the regulators and the government failing to hold pharmaceutical companies who keep breaking the law repeatedly and over decades, failing to hold them to account? Is that possible? The fact is, our regulators and our uh, laws have not stopped these pharmaceutical giants and many other big companies from continuously breaking the law or walking it as, uh, on a tightrope to get away with what they want to do. And why is that? It's because they are applying pure, unadulterated, hardly regulated, capitalism that has profitability first and above all and if you think i'm pushing the boundaries let me remind you of this simple fact that the three people who discovered insulin a life-saving drug which is owned today by uh, lily originally sold their patent to the university of toronto for one dollar each back in the in the 20s one of, the, one of the team members, Sir Frederick G. Banting, remarked, and I quote, Insulin does not belong to me, it belongs to the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Banting sold his rights to the, the University of Toronto for $1, and that was a noble act. It was his gift to humanity. His gift and ethos got hijacked by the unapologetic, pure capitalist greed of profitability first and at any cost, with minimum government regulation, and above all, without any social responsibility requirement. In fact, I believe this untamed greed caused the world the 2008 global financial crisis and many other global disasters. And just FYI, I address all these and many other critical issues in depth and in detail in my recent book, Survivability. So before I close, I want to thank you for listening. And I ask you to visit us uh, at Survivability News, Survivability Wealth Management, Survivability News Publishing, 
survivability recruitment, as well as the dedicated website of Survivability the Book, which is at survivabilitythebook.com. So until next episode, I bid you farewell, stay safe, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.